Welcome to The Kelly Roach Show, the place for no fluff, easy to implement, 20 minute or less business and leadership lessons to help you build a sustainable business that scales, lead with integrity and create a lasting legacy. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight figure entrepreneur. Let's get started. Hey, hey, welcome back. I have Danielle back in the house because I keep hearing from you guys that you love these deep dive conversations that we're having. So I brought her back on the show. Hey, Danielle. Hey, hey. So we were having a conversation as we were meeting just before we hopped on today. And we were talking about as leaders picking who you are going to battle with in 2023. Because we all know 2023 is a little bit of a different beast as was 2022, 2021, 2020. But this is a different kind of beast, right, Danielle? New beast every year. It's a new beast every year now. And 2023 is a different kind of beast because buyer mentality has definitely taken a sharp turn. I mean, obviously, I think everybody is aware of what just happened with Silicon Valley Bank. And I think that obviously there's always tremors, you know, before there's an earthquake, right? So I think there's, there's definitely an awareness uh, mm-hmm. shift coming into this year and people are finally really feeling uh, the impact of everything. Now, don't get me wrong. People are buying. Mm-hmm. It's actually people are buying in shocking amounts. So uh, from my perspective, but I think that um, you have to be savvier than you were and and you have to show up better and you have to do a better job, quite frankly, uh, you know, in everything that you do. And we would be remiss if we did not talk about how this needs to impact uh, your decisions as a leader, as it relates to team. And I want to talk about it actually from both sides. I want to talk about it from the perspective of you as an employee. And I want to talk about it from the perspective of you as a CEO. So business owners that are listening to this show, you may want to share this with your teams as well, because I think Danielle has a few thoughts, few thoughts um, coming from an employee perspective. So we're going to talk about it from both sides, employer and employee. Um, but I would say that, you know, obviously in a market like this, lots of tough decisions will be made Mm -hmm. and there's going to be, um, you know, you can be loose and fast, you know, with your, with your decisions and with your money in a high growth market. And there's just so much fat in businesses during those times, but, you know, in a time where things are contracting and it's a slower sale and it's harder to make a sale and you have to, uh, be really conscious, you know, what you require and what is needed um, from the team to succeed looks really, really different in a market like today than it does a couple of years ago. And, you know, I, I have the question and I have the conversation with Danielle and with Crystal all the time, you know, who are you going to battle with? Right. And I think that in this market, you have to really look to your left and look to your right and say, Am I surrounded by people that have the scrappiness, the hustle, the determination, the desire to elevate in this market uh, and are willing to do what it takes? Or do I have people that are going to get frustrated, overwhelmed, anxiety ridden and panicked because you're like, oh, hey, this is the market that we're in. And this is how we're all going to have to pivot and show up in order to thrive. Danielle, thoughts? Oh my gosh, I know. Oh, she know has so many thoughts. <laughs> How long is this show going to go, Danielle? I'm going to talk about 
a little bit like employee first, and then I'll talk about just some of my own thoughts with my team and we go back and forth. Um, when I was teaching many, many years ago, making like $1 an hour, basically, <laughs> for the work I was doing, I remember actually really strangely enough, I don't know why I was a special ed teacher. It's like the most needed thing in the entire planet. Um, I remember always being a little afraid, like, what if like they cut people, right? And I I, re- I actually decided pretty early in my career that wherever I was, I would be so unbelievably good at what I did that if they did make cuts, that I would be like the last one on the ship <laughs> that like yes. I would be the one. And I, I remember like very clearly deciding that as a teacher where, you know, every, there, there's a lot of teachers who work really hard and who do a really good job. And I just remember thinking like, I'm going to teach, I'm going to go to the extra events. I'm going to coach, like I'm going to be um, on the committees, like I'm going to do the things so that at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm the person they are like most heartbroken or most, you know, least likely to let go. And then when I had my business, it was the same sort of thing. I remember really like cognitively deciding I need to be great at what I do in terms of what I offer, like in the results I get, but I also need to be the person that they trust most on their team as a, as a contractor, like as a copywriter, I want to give them the best advice, the best value and the best strategy, even though that was my job. Like it was not my job. It's literally like writing a sales page, but I've carried that into everything I've done. And even, I mean, Esteban and I will always talk like, Oh, what's happening with the economy? Like, are you ever worried about stuff? And I said, listen, this ship's going down. I promise you. And, And I'm not saying this out of arrogance or anything like I know that yeah. we would be done, 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 done if right. before I anything would, you know, change in my own personal life. And so I think that the the thing that is really hard about that for most people who are employees is that you have to make that decision to be that before you get the promotion and before you get the raise. Yeah. And and it could be a long time. I mean, thankfully in this company, it hasn't been, but certainly as a teacher, I never got it. I never got those things. There weren't, I mean, my promotion as a teacher was really just more work, the same amount of money. So I was like a, a leader in my t- like committee, but that was it. Like I didn't get paid more for that. And so what most people are unwilling to do is actually show up. Like if you want that next promotion or you want to be the indispensable one, or you want to be the last one on the ship, you want to do that before anyone recognizes you for that, anyone pays you for that and and pr- almost prove to them that like you're kind of worthy of that position and then those things come. But most people aren't willing to do that. And so what happens is they do the minimum of their current job requirements or they do just above the minimum of their current job requirements and then say, well, look at me, I'm so great. And in my mind now as someone who has people working for me, like, it's not so great for you to just do your job. <laughs> like that's the bare minimum. Like that's yeah. the expectation. That's what you get a salary for. But it's really an unpopular opinion because of just the state of the world and that, you know, everybody's like, we're entitled to this. We're entitled to that. I really think you have to prove yourself still. And I think when yeah. you do a great boss, a great employer, which certainly has been my experience here is they'll recognize that and give you the things that you eventually want. 
and you will become that one, that indispensable person. Yeah. But don't you don't get that title first and then do the things you have hundred percent. I mean, I would be ashamed. I would be ashamed if you ever had to come to me and say, "Hey, can I have a raise or can I have a promote?" Like, I I would be ashamed. Like, I my that's not acceptable when you have someone that makes that decision. On the flip side, I think that culturally things have shifted so much where there's almost like an arrogance both from employers and employees. So let's talk about it from both sides. I see business owners bragging all the time. I I never work. I'm unavailable. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Bragging all the time about how basically they're checked out of their business. They barely ever work. And yet it's like, hmm. So as your customers are deciding who their partner that they can't live without is going into this next season, are they going to choose the person that's phoning it in that's saying, here I am, look at me working as little as humanly possible, barely checking the box in my business so that I can you know, share all the reasons why I don't have to work and I can do these other things instead? Or are they going to choose the person that they really energetically see has their heart and their head in the game and is constantly working on improving and elevating what they're doing? And, and a note for all the business owners listening, I know as you look at minimizing expenses and making um, changes in the business to save profits, a lot of businesses will cut their service staff. And I would really caution against that. Uh, I know for us, we just hired more people on our service side of the business. We're recruiting now uh, for more people on the delivery side because we understand. We understand that we better be able to not just deliver, but be the best partner that people have going into this next season. And that starts with the people that interface with your clients every single day. That's one. On the flip side, from an employee perspective, I think that there's been a very, very bad shift in the perspective around work over the last few years. And, and it's very unhealthy. I mean, I will say that there are so many studies about people that retire early and then ultimately die, basically, because they lose purpose in life, right? Work is meant to give purpose. Work is a good thing. Animals who work are healthier and live longer. People who work are healthier and live longer, right? And there's been this crazy shift in employee culture where people believe that they're to be compensated and to be recognized and promoted for showing up instead of for delivering outcome. And that is not going to fly in this next season. And as much as I think business owners have wanted to buy into that culture and maybe have bought into that culture over the last couple of years, that is not going to work now. That is not going to work in this next season, right? If your employee or if you are the employee listening to this show, whether whichever side you're on, uh, you, you have to be able to deliver an outcome whether you're the the CEO for your client, for your team, whatever, or whether you are the employee, you are not going to get paid to show up. I promise you there's no employer on the planet in this next season of the economy where they're going to be able to pay employees to show up anymore. They're only going to be able to pay employees who can deliver a result. And I know no one wants to hear that, but that's the truth. And I want the employees to hear this because I want you to thrive. I was an employee. I, I learned business as an employee. 
I use my years of education as an employee, as a business owner, every day of my life. I had the best mentor of my life as an employee. And I made the same decision, ironically, that you did, Danielle. When when everything was crashing in 2008 and 2009, I was not scared for one single moment that I was going to lose my job. In fact, I knew that was completely off the table because I knew they needed me more than I needed them. Period. And so for employees that are listening today, I want you to make that choice for yourself. Because when you make that choice for yourself, you will acquire such better skills and you will become such a stronger, more capable business person at whatever you do. And that will elevate your career in ways that you could never imagine, no matter what you're going to do next. But if you're going to get angry and resentful towards your employer because you have to work and because you have to put in extra hours or you have to go above and beyond or you have to scrap or hustle harder because you have to actually work to get and deliver a result, and maybe it takes more work to get a result now than it did a couple of years ago, you're going to go nowhere fast. Yeah. And for the CEOs listening, what I would say to you is you need to look around you and you need to look at the culture in your company. And I appreciate that everyone wants to create an environment that's very cushy and comfortable and friendly and fun, as do I, but you won't be able to stay in business. You won't make it. And so you may need to look around and say, who on this team can I go to battle with? And if if you look around and you see people that you can't count on to go to battle with, I know when I look at Danielle and when I look at Crystal, I know at the end of the day, like they're going to do what it takes to get the job done. And they're willing to get in the game and roll up their sleeves and, and do the work as am I, right? Like I, I'm not like, if the ship's going down, I'm not going down. You're just going down. We're not going down. because. Why? Because we're willing to get in the game and do the work. You don't have to be scared if you're willing to get in the game and do the work. I can't speak for any of my employees because they each have to make that choice for themselves. I can't speak for any of my clients because they each have to make that choice for themselves. But what I do think is important is sitting here, we got very lucky with what just happened. So when the decision was made, we're recording this episode on the Monday morning after Silicon Valley Bank failed and and subsequently got saved. When the decision got made to basically prop them back up again and not allow what naturally could have and should have happened to happen, we all got a little we all got given a little bit of a blessing of time, which is why I wanted to record this episode today. We got very very lucky that that happened and it was a little tremor that just kind of gave everyone a warning flag to say, hey, guys, this is what's on its way. Get ready. Make some decisions. Get smart. Tighten things up. Clean up your focus. Clean up your behavior. Get in the game. Get scrappy, right? Because if they let happen what should have happened, we'd be having a real different conversation right now, right? Mm-hmm. Danielle, thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I think when you think about who you want on your team as a leader, you have to consider yourself first. Like, are you going to get your hands dirty if you need to? And I, you know, I obviously, I mean, are, and this is at any level CEO all the way down to, you know, your middle managers, anyone mm-hmm. who's got anyone on underneath them. Um, you have to be okay with, you know, here's my title. Getting off your throne. Getting yeah, off that, that's a good throne. Way to say it. I'm yeah. just going to say it. Just, <laughs> if you throne. have a title of manager, director, yeah. Yeah. VP, president, CEO, get down off the throne. 
I'm just going to say part of that, I think for entrepreneurs, especially you mentioned, you know, the people are talking about, oh, I live this life. I do all these things. Like you're going to have to sacrifice a little bit of that. I think we live in this world and I I don't understand it if I'm being completely honest, because it Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense in any other part of the world. But we live in this world where you just think like, I'm going to get all these things and I will not have to make a single sacrifice. And like, no athlete says that. Like, no, 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 no. physicist says that. Like, no Nobel Prize winner says that. Mm -hmm. No, you know, Mother Teresa certainly didn't say those things. Like, there's no, no politician. Like, there's no place in the world where someone wants to get to the top of whatever it is that they do, whatever they, you know, a doctor, lawyer, whatever it is, and says, I'm going to get there, but I'm just not, I'm not going to sacrifice any time, any money, any stress. I'm just going to do it with ease and with flow. And I'm just going to think about it happening. It's just so, so easy. And I will give up nothing to get there. No. That doesn't exist. Not even your marriage, your kids, like none of it. Yet no. people tout that in business. And I think it's, Number one, you're going to have to like step out of this dream world. And I yeah. think the last couple of years facilitated a little bit of oh, that. For sure. For it sure. Was, it was easy. It was like so easy to do so many things. So that's number I, one. And by the way, just, just for the record, if you go back and listen to my podcast episode the last couple of years, Danielle, you can verify this. How many times did I say, this is the easiest shot you're ever going to get in your life. I said it over and over. Every launch that we did, I kept telling people, guys, get in the launch game. I kept saying, this is a false reality we are living in. Like, this is it. I kept saying over and over again, but people thought, oh, false scarcity, Kelly. Kelly. You know, like, no, no, no. And I was like, no, like I've been in business. Like, I, like this is not real. Like, I promise this is not real. Like, come on, guys. Like, please understand. Like, take advantage of this opportunity. I said it over and over and over again, but I, I just, I think people got so comfortable so fast um, that they didn't want to believe that it wasn't going to last. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and, and I think that as a leader, if you can't break out of that, you can't get off that throne, your team isn't going to buy in and, and you aren't going to mm-hmm. be successful. So you could have the best players on your team if they don't see you down there with them. Um, it's going to be really hard to get results. So that's number yeah. one. Uh, number two, I think that if you're in any type of, you know, you're not the CEO, you're a president, vice president, CC, whatever, manager, um, your role is literally to facilitate growth and through the people under you, right? So yeah. that's your only role. And so if you can't get off your high horse and get down there and make that happen, your team will stop respecting you. Your mm-hmm. team won't do the work either because they don't see you doing it. And there is nothing that will kill culture more than a bunch of people on, you know, that are kind of at that lower level of a company watching everyone from the top say, just do, 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 and not seeing them do anything themselves. And so at all levels, you have to be willing to say, okay, it isn't my job technically, but I'm going to do it. Because we need it and because I'm going to get in the game and help you. Yeah. Um, And then I did want to just say, like, when you were talking about the expectation when you're evaluating team members based on results versus just showing up, like, 
This is something that actually is kind of hard for me. I mean, you know, in the past, like I've definitely kept people way too long because I just love them. They were just good, good people, nice people that weren't getting results. And, you know, I was thinking about that, you know, I love like college football and, you know, college football coach, he loses for a couple of seasons and he's done. Well, I, we're in the SEC, like the best conference in the country where all the Mm -hmm. real teams play. I'm a Georgia fan. So like national champions. Like, let me tell you, my favorite coach, Mark Rick, got fired. He had one of the best winning records in the country yeah. over 14 years. But you know why he got fired? Because he didn't win a national championship. Yep. So he had a winning record that in other parts of the country, people would die for. And yeah. he got fired from that job because Georgia wanted a national title. And so I think to add to that, I would say you can't rest on your success from before. You might have been great. Yeah year ago. You could have had a hundred sales a year ago, but you're only as good as your last win. And you're only like, it's true. And you know what, like to take it a step further, like an employee that you have may have had great results in the past. And if it's been three months, six months, nine months of underperformance, and you're seeing that that person can't adapt in this new environment, like they're going to have to go. And if you're an employee listening to this, like You have to get yourself in a mode to adapt. I've been there. I was an employee. My whole business model got destroyed. I was actually laying in bed talking to my husband about this last night saying, I literally remember because I, because we were saying, are they going to come in and save Silicon Valley or not? Because that was really going to determine what happened in the market today, what happened, you know, with everything, right? Because that determined whether or not that was going to trigger the next cycle. And I was laying in bed and I said, I remember it was literally like it was in a span of like a few days and our business was destroyed. I mean, we were in staffing. So all people were doing was laying off and cutting people. And so obviously that was our whole business. I had to literally create a new business model within my company in order to keep my job and to save the jobs of other people. But here's the deal, right? There's two layers of that. You as as an employer have to find the path forward. And as an employee, you have to find your path forward. And if you are listening to this show today and you're in a role and you have not figured out how to monetize it and to make your company more money in the role that you're in for them having you there, there's a pretty good chance that that role will go away. And if you're a CEO listening to this and you're not looking at each of the roles in your company and saying, how is this role making us money or saving money? Then that role is probably going to go away. And I know this is not a popular conversation that people want to have. And these are not the things that people want to hear. But just like when, when we were launching in 2020 and 2021, and I kept saying every single week, I don't even know, it probably was a hundred podcasts where I said, guys, get in there, hustle. This is the easiest market. This is the easiest market that I couldn't say it enough times because I had the context yeah, And I knew that I was selling in the online space before that. And I was like, this is not reality. And now I'm giving everyone the forewarning to say, we just got really lucky with the fact that they came in and saved Silicon Valley Bank the way that they did. And it did not unfold into what it could have been um, with bank rushes and other closures and, and all the other things. But it's a sign to go get your house in order whether you're an employee or you're an employer and everyone's going to have to make tough decisions over the next, you know, cycle of the economy and and I say this all the time the economy goes winter spring summer fall it's going to keep cycling so 
If you have a a career that spans from the time that you're 20 until you're 65, you're going to see winter, spring, summer, fall, winter, spring, summer, fall, winter, spring, summer, fall. I talk about this all the time and say, like, if you're a CEO, you're listening to this show, you have to be a four season CEO. You can't curl up in a ball and cry and say, I'm going to burn it down and shut it down because it's hard because we're in winter. You're going to hit winter five, maybe six times during the course of your career. No, you need to say, winter's back. Yeah. Let me adjust the gear that I'm operating in. Okay. Let me put on my snow tires. Let me throw some chains on the tire. Okay. You know, it's, it's time to shift gears into winter. Okay. And then guess what? After winter, seasons are going to change again and things are going to come again and things are going to blossom and bloom and grow and all of that. Um, but yeah, I, I think it is time to sharpen our pencils for sure. And I think, you know, as leaders, it's our responsibility to be, you know, transparent with our teams, which is obviously I'm transparent with the world having this conversation today, like sharpen your pencils, folks, because all of us have to get in the game and make it happen. And there's not going to be a cushy ride for anyone. I don't care. You can quit your current job and go try and find an easier industry and good luck with that because it's going to span across industries. And for CEOs, I want to really challenge you. I I said to Billy last night when we were chatting about this, I said, the biggest turning point in my career was the crash in 2008 and 2009. And all of my subsequent promotions and growth, and then even the skills that I built that allowed me to become a successful business owner all happen because of that quote unquote negative um, circumstance. And I truly feel that the people that embrace winter and understand that winter is a period of cultivation of skills because in winter, you're forced to get better in order to survive and then thrive and you can thrive, but it's all about your attitude. It is a hundred percent contingent on your attitude and your willingness to get off your throne. And I don't care whether you're an employee listening to this show that has a job title that's not sales, that's that's thinking, oh, I'm not in sales. I don't need to sell. Yes, you do. Because if you don't, that job ain't going to be there. And if you're a CEO that's kind of backed yourself too far out of the process, it's time to get back in the game. It's mm-hmm. time to get back in the game because you need to lead the way. You need to model the way. You have to be showing your team, not telling your team, showing your team what it takes and what it looks like to be a warrior and to go to battle with them and to lead the charge and to create confidence and to lay the path forward of certainty. And that is how you thrive in winter. One of my newest projects, the Advanced Innovation Society, is designed to disrupt, reinvent, and modernize the networking space. If you are craving a group of peers that are leaders that you can connect with, collaborate, do visibility with, and innovate alongside, you have found your home. The Advanced Innovation Society is all about sharing big ideas, having robust dialogue, and gathering in person for heart-centered conversations. If you're interested in learning more about the in-person experiences and local meetups that we have happening around the globe this year, simply go to theadvancedsociety.com forward slash join. That's theadvancedsociety.com forward slash join. Yeah, and I think that speaks a lot to the type of person you need to bring with you. I think number one, you need to, 
I think the big problem in in winners in general, in business and in, in your personal life is that people are obsessed with making everything the summer. And so yes. like yes. denial, instead of realizing like we just live in this world where there's wonderful times and there's middle of the road mm-hmm. times, really hard times, and we're just going to have to like keep going. It's like we're obsessed with always making everything summer. Mm-hmm. And so we can't even fathom having to get through a winter. And so number one, you need to like stop chasing this ever summer and realize like, it's just what it is. And it is a season that will pass, but you're going to have to tap into a different level of yourself. And you just have to like, get over the fact that that's real. (laughs) And that's true. Uh, So that's number one. And number two, like as an employee, you have to find your internal reasons, right? Like you can't, there's this kind of sense of my employer owes me all these things. And listen, I am not in any way talking about like these terrible, toxic people who like take advantage of their employees. I am talking about good everyday, hardworking employers who have good intentions. They're running small businesses. Okay. So in that context, your motivation can't come from like my motivation can't come from like Kelly telling mm-hmm. me, hey, Oh, good job, Danielle, over here. Like Kelly's got to go do her thing in her role in the company. And I've got to do mine. Like my motivation has to come from a deeper level of my own who I want to be in the world. And for me, like the work I do represents a piece of that, like just like the way I'm a mother or a wife or a yeah. part of my kids. Like, Those are like, I can't look externally for motivation if I want to succeed in the world. And when you have team members who constantly need um, emotional support, they need, you know, and I don't mean just general, nice, kind, caringness. I mean, like you as their leader are constantly supporting them because they just can't cope. You need to evaluate is right person because you need someone who is self-motivated because of who they want to become yeah. and they see this role as versus someone who needs you to give that to them. Again, yeah. good times, it's fine. You have a little extra time. You can do those things, but you don't have that in these capacities. So that's something you have to be mindful of. Like, can this person are are they driven by something deeper and it, it can't be you. I think the other thing you need to think about is you have got to trust your people in times like this. Like if there is any doubt in someone's integrity in their motives, like I will take someone who, you know, lacks a skill that they can learn, but I trust them a thousand times over someone who just has great skills and you can't trust them. So I want to know that like, you're telling the truth that when I ask you to do something like you're going to do it, like it's going to be a priority and you're going to do it in a way that represents the brand. Well, not just some shady shortcut, but you're going to take care and integrity in doing that. And then at the end of the day, this is employer. You need to look at this for the people you're employing and employee. You have to be committed in your own time, in your own way to building skills. And it's going to be hard and it's going to suck a little bit and you're not going to like every minute of it, but that's okay because we stopped chasing summer. 
And we're just going to like learn the yeah. skills and become beginners at some things. Like it's interesting, like with these new companies, I've had to go back into doing things that I either haven't done in a long time or in some cases have never done. And I'm like, I hate this freaking technology. <laughs> so like you're back in these beginner positions where you think like, oh, I'm not really here, but like it's what this season of business requires. Yeah. And so you have to be willing to do that and not just stay in your like, I do this thing. I'm I'm a content writer and I just write my content and then just yeah. do my thing. You just have to be willing to sharpen your sword and and employers, you need people on your team who are willing to do that without you going to them saying, I need this. It's that self-motivation again. Yeah. And I and I think it's also recognizing that in every instance, it's like what got you here isn't going to get you there. So if you don't have that pliability and that willingness uh to adjust and adapt, like you're you're gonna be in trouble, right? And I think. I think the other thing is, is like for me, that's why I like always having a company or a few companies that are in startup mode, because I think it's kept me attached to the basic foundations of the business. Like I can pivot back to social selling. I can pivot back to doing some consoles. I can pivot back to doing some messaging on social media all day long because I never forgot the roots of what got us here. And I think like, again, I I always say like, being willing to have a beginner's heart with what you do as a CEO and as an entrepreneur, I think is so important because I think the moment that you think you're too good, you're too advanced, that's beneath you, da, 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 da. Like that's going to be a problem because in winter, everyone's a salesperson. In winter, everyone has to get in the game. And, and if you get so far removed from that, like that's going to be tough for you. Whereas if you stay connected and you have that pliability, it's a season right? It's a season. And after that season of winter, then you're going to begin, you know, expanding and, you know, growing again. The other thing I just want to say as a tip for everyone listening, just back on this idea of team again, is that you may need to restructure who's on your team. Mm -hmm. You may need to, in this next season, you may need to cut some roles that don't contribute to growth that were you know, maybe necessary in high growth seasons. And you may need to reinvest in more team members to sell. You may need to reinvest in more team members to serve clients. And you may need to reconstruct your team really around those two things and those two things only like sell and serve, right? And so like, again, just be thoughtful about that and be thoughtful about bringing opportunities to your team where they can contribute to profit. And then they make the choice right? Create opportunities for everyone to contribute and then give them the choice. And you'll see who steps forward. You'll see who is like, hmm, yeah, I should probably get in the game. Like it makes sense for me to be looking for ways to contribute. And then you'll see people that don't do any anything differently and they don't contribute and they don't step forward. And that's going to have a natural consequence also, right? So I just think that's like, we all are going to be going through this together. We're each going to have our own experience of it. Uh, but I think the more that you kind of get yourself amped up and in the right mindset, mentally prepared, physically prepared, um, there are going to be companies that thrive during this period. I, I literally fell asleep last night thinking to myself, I wonder what will come next for me because of this next season. Because I was thinking to myself, all the things that happened because of the crash last time were what made me the business person that I am today, right? And so I think so many times, like you said, Danielle, because of the obsession with summer, you miss the whole point of winter when the point of winter 
is cultivate new skills, sharpen your sword, think critically, innovate to elevate, make new decisions. And I believe that if you have the right attitude going in, you're going to be the person who thrives coming out. There's still opportunity. And what happens, and I mean, if I said this once, I said it 500,000 times, I, I can't, I don't know how many times I can repeat myself, but it's still worth repeating. This is when the wealth transfers happen because so many people, you're going to see record numbers of businesses closing. You're going to see record numbers of people that are shutting things down. You're going to see record numbers of people that cut all their advertising, that cut all of their team, that you know completely pull everything back. And what that's going to do is there's going to be the best talent on the market. There's going to be lower ad costs. There's going to be more opportunity for growth. There's going to be less noise in the market. So again, you have to decide, like, are you going to pony up? And like lean in and, and put your big girl and big boy panties on and like show up and, and play full out? Or are you going to get stuck in chasing summer in the middle of winter and you're going to freeze to death, right? So that would be my analogy. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a season of digging deeper and there will be employees that you realize don't have any more depth left. And you're going to have to let that go yeah. because they can't dig deeper than you're going to be stuck and you're going to need to carry extra weight. And you probably, um, you know, even the big corporations, but certainly, you know, businesses between a million and 50 million, like you just can't, you can't carry dead weight. Mm -hmm. So I think it, you have to, as a leader, decide you're going to personally dig deeper and do what you've got to do to make sure you're in the right state of mind to do that. Like, what do you need to, to cut out? Like, are you spending hours watching TV? Are you having a couple of glasses of wine every night that maybe you need to stop doing so you can be at the, the top of your game? Like, um, how do you need to plan your schedule so that you can make time for a family, but put extra time into the things that you need? Like, I think you have to evaluate yourself where your time is going. And then the other thing is even for your best performers, even for your 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 team that you're like okay these are my people these are the ones I want to go battle with really evaluating everyone's priority list because yeah. what the priorities were a couple of you know years ago don't necessarily need to be the priorities so you have to understand hey all of us have a lot a list of things that's eight million miles long like there's no mm-hmm. one who's at any level of leadership who doesn't have eight trillion things to do mm-hmm. you have to decide personally and then for your team if I can't do anything today, but these things, what are the absolute critical drivers for me? And you got to let go of some of the things that are good for the things that are absolutely required and necessary, but maybe a little less sexy, maybe a little less exciting, maybe a little more mundane, because those are the things that will move the needle. So that special, fun, shiny project might be exciting for you, but it might not be the most important thing for you. So those are a couple of things I would add. And then I think like, I don't, this, you know, this isn't meant to be like gloom and doom, but it's also, I feel like we live in a world where people just will not speak the truth and the reality of like, we all look at like Kobe Bryant or, you know, Simone Biles or all these people. And we're like, oh my gosh, they're so amazing. Nobody wants to put in the work that's required to become well, like you think they're just naturally good. Yeah. You know what? So is everyone else in the NBA and everyone else who's on the Olympic gymnastics team. They're all naturally good. You know, like 
Michael Phelps swam against 20 years of swimmers who were naturally good, and he killed all of them for mm-hmm. 20 years. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, there's a difference. And if you want to yeah. be those people, you have to understand that natural talent is only going to take you so far. And the extra work you put in above and beyond what everybody else in your industry is doing is what will be the difference. That means the work you do for clients, yeah, you do as a leader and the, the work you do as an employee, those things will be the difference makers for you. And at the end 100%. of the day, there are countless swimmers who swim against Michael Phelps, whose names we don't know. Yep. And we couldn't, I could tell you probably three people he's beat and there's hundreds of them. And at the end of the day, even people who don't know a thing about swimming know who Michael Phelps is. So it, you've got to decide if you want that, are you willing to do the things required to get there and go the, that extra mile? And I think if you're not, it's going to be a rough couple of years. It is. Yeah, you absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it. Right. And so, and, and I'll end with, you know, a, one final note, um, which is that, you know, I think you mentioned Danielle about like, what do you need to cut out to get yourself in a space where you're prepared to thrive? And I talk about this all the time, but like, you have to be mentally acute, mm-hmm. like cut the crap, right? Whether it's bad stuff that you're eating, whether it's stuff that you're drinking, stuff you're putting in your body, you're not getting outside, you're not getting sunshine, you're not getting fresh air, you're not exercising. Like you, you and only you are responsible for getting yourself in a mental and physical space to be able to thrive and no one's coming to save you. And all of us are capable of making better decisions. And if that means that you got to let your team know, I'm going to be walking while I take this call because I have to get my steps in or I need to get sun on my face in the morning. Cool. You need to wake up. I set an alarm this morning. I got up and did three hours of work before Madison woke up because Madison is off of school today. Okay. You, you have to do what you have to do to take responsibility for you. Right. And so it's, it's kind of one of those things, but the bottom line is this, you guys got this right? You guys listen to this show. You're cultivating your brain every single week. You listen to this show because you decided you want to be a champion, right? People that listen to this show are not the average fluff. People that listen to this show are people that want to be the 1%. And so we're telling you, get ready, lean in, equip yourself, equip your team, invite them to come on the journey, be clear, be transparent, extend the invitation, allow people to either step forward or not. And like, let's go, let's freaking do this, right? Because we just got really, really lucky. And I want to say that again, because I, I I said this with the whole, you know, last cycle that we were in. I was like, hey, like, please understand. And now I want to say this here and I want to make sure you've heard me say it like five times on the show today. We got real, real lucky with that decision that got made today. But it's a great opportunity to act as if, and I would invite everyone to act as if, what are you going to do about it? Make some real decisions, lean in, talk to the team, you know, listen to this show, share this show, whatever you need to do. But anyway, we're here for you guys. Um, Danielle and I are, are leaning in and we're elevating up no matter what comes at us next. We're, we're ready and we're here for it. And we're here for all of you. So thank you guys for listening to the show. The best thing you could possibly do to help us out is to share this show, share this show with other entrepreneurs that, you know, share the episode and tag me on social. Like get the word out to other people because this will save businesses. This show alone will keep people in business. So if you have other entrepreneurs that you care about, pass the episode on. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you back here soon. 
Thank you so much for listening to The Kelly Roach Show. If you enjoyed this episode, do me two solids. Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review so other people can find the life-changing content that we share here. We're on our way to number one and we need your help getting there. Thanks so much for being a part of the community and for tuning into the show each and every week.